Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful, sunny day. Um, we'd like to welcome all of our guests and visitors, those of you, especially those who are new here to the Expanding Light and those who are watching us online. For those who don't know us, my name is Nayaswami Anandi, and this is Nayaswami Bharat. And I begin by reading from Rays of the One Light, which are weekly commentaries that compare passages from the Bible and from the Bhagavad Gita. This week's reading is called The Law is Perfected in Love. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, we read, The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace means the power to rise spiritually. Truth means the experience of divine realities not the application in the outer world of that inner experience. Divine love is the soul's experience of oneness with God. Kindness is the human manifestation of that love. Grace is deeper than mere kindness. Wisdom is a divine experience. Justice to all is a human law though divinely inspired. It follows as a consequence of the experience of wisdom. Truth goes deeper than mere justice. While following the law, we should strive always to trace it back to its origins in the vision of God. Therefore, Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita urges the devotee not to be satisfied with spiritual precepts alone, but to go beyond them to the direct inner experience of truth. In the 18th chapter of that great scripture, he says, Nay, but once more take my last word, my utmost meaning have. Precious thou art to me, right well beloved, Listen, I tell thee for thy comfort this. Give me thy heart. Adore me. Serve me. Cling in faith and love and reverence to me. So shalt thou come to me. I promise true, for thou art sweet to me. And let go those rites and writ duties. Fly to me alone. <coughs> Make me thy single refuge. I will free thy soul from all its sins. Be of good cheer. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, oh, oh.
Good morning. I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity by Paramahatsu Yogananda. <clears throat> oh, Father, I hold my heart in my folded hands. Teach me to saturate my prayers with thy love. Give me the simple, sincere devotion toward thee of a child. Teach me to realize thee just behind the voice of my prayer. Teach me to feel thy breath flowing with my breath. Teach me to cognize thy presence in my emotions. Teach me to perceive thy wisdom in my understanding. Teach me to sense thy all-pervading life in my life. Oh, flood my senses with thy light. <clears throat> Swami Kriyananda, in his book uh, on... Uh, promise of mortality, he expands uh, these readings. He talked about how all laws are to regulate human behavior. And I, I saw where a police department, uh, they had put out a public uh, message that said, if you run, you'll only go to jail tired. <laughs> 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 and there, there's something about law just has to uh, get its due. But Swami said that we should take every law and just follow it back uh, to its origin, uh, to its purpose. And I, I was amused to um, hear about the, the bus service in Staffordshire, England. Uh, one passenger complained because as they were standing there by the bus stop, uh, the buses would just sell on by and not stop. And the super, uh, superintendent for transportation uh, explained that, well, if we stopped, we would throw off our uh, bus schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda said that people, uh, people are so skillful in their ignorance and just so creative. And that's just what happens where, you know, we can find ourselves just getting fixed on a certain uh, aspect of it. And it's just a very, very minor aspect. Uh, not long after I uh, had written my uh, book, Sharing Nature with Children, I was touring uh, around the country. And I had stayed with this uh, host and uh, director of a nature center in Maryland. And uh, I didn't know that he was a very uh, devout Christian. Uh, I knew he was a really nice man, I could tell. Uh, but I found out at the very end of my stay, uh, he had seen me uh, pray before I ate, and uh, I you know, meditated in the morning and, uh, and that. And um, uh, so he, uh, we were waiting for uh, the, uh, somebody to pick me up, and we were just in his living room. And he said, Joseph... Uh, would you come upstairs to my office? And so we walked up, and uh, he sat in his big chair, and I sat in another chair, and then he started praying to Jesus. Uh, and he said that, uh, 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 Jesus, uh, would you make a, a special exception for Joseph? Uh, that's my <laughs> English name. Uh, he loves you very much, uh, and, uh, but could you let him come into heaven? <laughs> and it was very, very sweet because, uh, you know, he, he was touched by the program, and, you know, he had liked, evidently, sharing nature, and, uh, and it was because he got into a, a place of love. And, you know, uh, there's 
you know, the idea that Christ is the only way and uh, the only Savior, uh, that just, it just got sort of expanded. And of course, Yogananda said that uh, Christ wasn't talking about his body. He was talking about his infinite consciousness. You know, when we're in a state of love, we don't have to worry about the details. Uh, uh, Master uh, Yogananda talked about the story of these three holy monks living, in, I think it was in Greece, and uh, they uh, weren't quite accurate with all the prayers, and the bishop wanted to um, uh, educate them. So he went by boat and uh, talked to the three hermits and uh, taught them all the right uh, prayers to say. And, uh, and then he went back, it was being rowed across on his boat, and the three monks forgot the prayer again, uh, because their prayer was, uh, uh, there's three of us, and, uh, and please come to us, God. I'm forgetting the prayer like, <laughs> like the monks forgot their prayer. <laughs> so I think I'm in tune with the story. <laughs> And this is what the bishop wanted to correct. And so, um, uh, but these monks are just running across the lake. Uh, and they just, you know, could, could you tell us the prayer again? Uh, and the bishop said, don't worry about it, my sons. <laughs> uh, your prayer is evidently working for you. <laughs> and life works for us when we are in love. Uh, Yogananda called love the highest, most sublime principle in the universe. And he said that um, uh, just as there's oil throughout the whole olive, throughout all creation, there's love in every aspect of, of creation. And uh, it's, uh, it, the universe was made from love. Uh, that's what the saints say. That's their experience. And that's uh, what they exemplify. Uh, I was uh, in Mount Athos, uh, a rugged but peninsula, in uh, 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 kind of northern Greece. And it's where a lot of the, the saints that were pushed out of uh, Africa, the early desert fathers, they'd come to this peninsula and they settled it in 900 uh, uh, AD. And, um, and now there's 20 monasteries living there. And I had a chance to go on pilgrimage there um, some time ago, uh, and one of the monks uh, told me that, you know, there's now 20 monasteries on this peninsula, and we've all gotten uh, along with each other since the 13th century, and that's by living by the one law or rule here on the peninsula on Mount Athos, and you know what that uh, rule was? To live in the spirit of God, and he said there's been harmony ever since. You know, um, he might have been stretching the point. I'm sure somebody might have had a bad day <laughs> during those centuries. But, but, there was that. <laughs> but there was this really sense of, you know, God first, God all the time. I remember uh, staying outside the monastery. And it was just so still and vibrant. You could just, it was like Om was just vibrating. And there was, uh, everything was quiet. There's no electricity in most of the monasteries. And then off the distance, I saw a little light on the Mediterranean. And then a little bit later, a little light in the sky. And that was the only movement. And everything else was just still and vibrating in the consciousness of God. And a lot of people, a lot of holy saints uh, lived there. Uh, one I heard about, uh, my... Uh, a roommate, he went to see him. He lived in a, 
uh, a cave on the Mount Athos. And he um, uh, it was a little bit older now uh, when, he, when my friend visited him when I was there. Uh, he was in his 80s, so it wasn't at the very high up. He was a little bit lower down. And he had a little room uh, where he slept and another little room where he meditated. And uh, he, uh, that's, he just lived simply, but he had a lot of spiritual children all over the world, and they only allow seven foreigners a day on Mount Athos. So a lot of people would call him, and he had a little cell phone that he would turn on, <laughs> step outside his cave, and then counsel his children, spiritual children. And then he would turn off his cell phone and then walk back into his cave as a free man. Uh, uh, but he was evidently a very, very holy saint. Um, you know, we've had such a, a wonderful experience with Swami Kriyananda, those of us that uh, have uh, lived with him, those of us that uh, are here, even after he's gone, his presence is very, very much alive here. And his whole life, he was just always exuding just this powerful love uh, to everyone. And uh, it was something uh, in uh, Asha's book, I forgot the name of it, uh, the first story, uh, Swami went into a shop and there was this lonely woman there that was uh, very bo- uh, bored and uh, Swami just went in and he didn't say anything to her and she asked about her life and she was telling him and still he was very silent and then Asha, she was standing next to Swami, she just felt this incredible joy just sort of flooding this woman and through the room and this was uh, just this is Swami's consciousness. Uh, the, the monks in Pune they, they told a beautiful story. Uh, some of you may have heard it. Uh, they were getting together for a work day, working very hard one day. Then in the evening, uh, they decided to go out to dinner to celebrate. And so they went to a five-star hotel. And they uh, had their work clothes on and some of them had their monk clothes on that looked sort of like pajamas. And, and uh, so they went into the hotel and they uh, looked and they found the best table uh, that was unoccupied and they sat down there and um, and people were kind of looking at them uh, <laughs> and uh, and then um, uh, they uh, the 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 head chef came out and, and sat down and uh, and started talking to him and uh, he he said who are you and uh, they said well we're monks and. Uh, he got monks, and he sort of put his head like this because his son had become a priest, and which he didn't um, agree with for his son's choice. And so he was just talking about how people shouldn't pray in front of others and this sort of display of spirituality. And he, he was giving this sort of philosophical kind of reasons why, but he was a nice man. And he did have spiritual leanings. Uh, then he noticed on one of the monks a bangle. And he got excited. He says, I know that, Bengal. There was a man here that came to dinner, uh, uh, an elderly man, and he was my friend. And, uh, and it was Swami Kriyananda. And all of a sudden, it just changed the whole energy. And he became, he said, maybe you'll become my friends too. And he made sure that they had a wonderful evening. And, you know, it's, you know, most people, when they're in some kind of human interaction, the details don't really matter. Uh, it's, you know, uh, people just want to be loved, don't they? Uh, I was sort of amused that uh, we have one of our ministers who, um, uh, he could just say uh, something counter to uh, what 
you want to do or what you think uh, maybe is a way to do, but he does, does it so artfully and so lovingly that you just go along with it. And you say, oh, I understand now. And, it, and it's because that, it, it's all on that level of love. Swami, uh, when he would uh, correct one of us, we've all been corrected by him, uh, but uh, you, uh, there was just always a sense of hope. Uh, that uh, and you, you, we always knew, and we always know uh, that he has our highest interests at heart, and and it's easy to change. Then there's no no resistance uh, on people's uh, part because in that consciousness um, you're you're at rest and you're totally open. Uh, one of our Nanda ministers was working uh, with. Uh, uh, you might have to say a high-maintenance individual <laughs> years ago. And, um, and he, uh, he was trying to, uh, working on a project, and things just weren't going quite right. Uh, he, he was, uh, uh, this uh, man was very fair, and uh, the minister, and he was um, uh, on, uh, on a level and clarity. He was describing everything uh, to this person, but the there was still resistance on the person's part. And Swami uh, asked uh, the minister how everything was going, and, uh, and he shared with Swami. And then th- these were Swami's words. Uh, may I make a suggestion? To win people, you need to be more than utterly fair-minded, which you certainly are, but also to win their hearts by making them feel that you are their loyal and true friend it is with your heart, above all, that you'll succeed. Master said that love is a mystic fire that burns up all grossness in this world. It just purifies it. And uh, it, it just changes the consciousness because it's on a, a level of unity. Uh, when that consciousness is prevalent uh, in our hearts. And so this is why it's so important uh, to to meditate. Uh, Master said in meditation we develop our power of love because we go beyond duality. Uh, When we're well, when you tune into the consciousness of Om, it said that, uh, you know, uh, nothing can touch you. And that's because uh, Om is a pristine vibration. It's uh, uh, the, the active thought of God of sending his bliss and joy uh, to all creation. And uh, when you're, it's beyond duality. And when you get uh, in that state, uh, there's no opposite or opposition. There's no myself against others but myself as all others. And we don't have that separation between us and the rest of life. And, uh, and so this is, you know, when we, but all our techniques, we develop that quality, don't we? Uh, because in that stillness, we don't have our own momentum uh, that's going on. And we're at rest. And we're at rest in the center of ourself, but also in the center of everything else in the universe. Every atom vibrates, doesn't it? And it's vibrating at the deepest level is is Om. And the the devotee can feel Om vibrating in all parts of creation. At the very center of that vibration is the Christ consciousness. The stillness of spirit in uh, every manifestation. 
and uh, and that is uh, Yogananda called love the melody of lo- or called Om the melody of love because that's that's the experience uh, of the of the devotee. You know, every soul uh, comes to face one big law that God made. Humans make lots of laws, and uh, we're having a lot of laws being made today. <laughs> and, uh, but there's one big law of God's, and that, what law is that? It's the law of karma, isn't it? And Yo- uh, Yogananda told this uh, interesting story about an emperor uh, who... Um, dressed very nicely and he ruled his kingdom I don't think it was a huge kingdom but he ruled his kingdom and one evening he got drunk and he went to the local bar and he got in a fight with one of the uh, uh, patrons or one of the uh, customers and he broke his leg so they uh, the police took the emperor who was disguised in his clothing so they didn't know he was the emperor and they took him in front of the judge and the judge was going to sentence him uh, to a lot of years uh, uh, doing something, I'm not sure. Uh, and, uh, and then the, the emperor took off his clothes and he was, had his nice clothes, his emperor robes, whatever emperors wear, uh, underneath. And he said, you can't sentence me. Uh, I, uh, I'm your boss. I'm your emperor. And the judge couldn't sentence him. Now, there's a part of us that kind of go, this guy's pulling a lot of weight. He's, uh, but Yogananda, Yoga, remember, it was Yogananda telling this story. Uh, he said that uh, it's the story of the soul, that when the soul identifies with its body and personality and limitation, uh, it gets in a lot of trouble. And, and it suffers for it. But when the soul finally wakes up and starts to identify with God, then you overcome karmic law. There's no more purpose for that karmic law. I was thinking about karmic law. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but every time you put out energy one way, you have to experience the other way, don't you? And uh, Swami Kriyananda said that uh, karma is an expression of divine love. Well, let's say there was no swing back to the other side. You would kind of put out energy this way, and you'd go farther and farther and farther. Uh, but that swing sort of keeps you more in balance. You sort of go by your spiritual center maybe kind of fast, <laughs> and you can't hold on to it maybe and have a real experience of it. But you don't go that far. I mean, because... Yogananda said that you can go endless, you know, um, uh, you know become a, a molecule again after a human birth if you uh, don't uh, behave correctly. Uh, so, um, so, the, so we have this uh, experience of um, that God just once we figure out the, the, the whole play of creation, uh, then we aren't subject to uh, the law of karma anymore. Uh, but uh, Yogananda said that, you know, when we uh, experience the meditation, that divine love, and we express it, but if we don't forgive other people with that sense of love, then we're identifying with our body again. And then we, can fall, we will fall out of it. And, and so, of course, it, it's got to be a living uh, reality all the time. In the uh, early 1980s, uh, there uh, was a, a program uh, that was uh, sponsored by the search and rescue people, and it was called Hug a Tree. Uh, 
And whenever the ch uh, children would get lost, uh, they, they'd have these programs. They'd teach young children 5 to 11 years old. And if they ever got lost, uh, they were told to go and sit by a tree that you really like and sit next to it. You can hug it. You can talk to the tree and just stay there. Your tree's your friend. And, uh, and then somebody will come and get you in this way that you won't it was to keep the children from wandering off uh, or uh, panicking and hurting themselves. Uh, and, um, and so they just stood by the tree. In fact, uh, there was a little boy named Eli in 1984 from Nevada County. He got lost. And so he was five years old. He'd heard about this idea from his brother. He was attending a Cub Scout meeting uh, in Nevada County, where his brother was. And so he, he got lost, and he just sat by his tree for 23 hours. And, uh, you know, most people, they're afraid to be alone when you're lost. Uh, but he had his friend, his tree, uh, there. And then uh, after 23 hours, as I think I said, the, the search and rescue people, they found him. And Eli's first words were, what took you so long? <laughs> but he had full confidence that people would come. And he had a friend the whole time. And I was thinking about that story and, uh, and of yogis. You know, we have a friend, too, and it's the guru. And just as there's that hug a tree program, uh, we should have a tune to the guru program uh, because uh, the guru is our deepest and dearest friend. And, uh, and we know that uh, in the guru's consciousness, we're magnetized. Our own consciousness is magnetized and that we're, we're, we're safe no matter what happens. There's so many stories of the guru's protection. We've all experienced them in our own lives. And, and then also uh, the guru, but also with the spiritual eye. If we always keep our consciousness high and just direct it at the spiritual eye and live more and more at the spiritual eye, then things won't touch us. We'll create a strong magnetism where this negative energy can't come back to us. And it's just so important today to put that kind of energy out uh, I had a meditation once. It was um, just before the Naya Swami initiation. And, um, and I, I just felt just so overwhelmed in this exp uh, in the experience. And my whole body was uplifted. And it seemed like it was trying to rise. And I just felt everybody I knew just came through my mind as I was reaching up and feeling that sense of light and going to that light. Uh, Everybody that I knew growing up, uh, everyone that I knew at Ananda, all the different people that have been involved with sharing nature, I just felt all of us like going up into the light. And it's so important uh, for we, our, our actions, especially when we're with a God-realized guru, we've got an inner path, we have the practice of Kriya Yoga, where we are sending all our life force up to the spine, to the spiritual eye. Our whole being is directed that way. Uh, and we can carry other people along, and we do carry other people along. We're carrying each other along in this incredible community. And just the inspiration that we feel from each other. And uh, this, is, this is a gift that uh, is given not only to us, but for the whole planet and the whole world. Bless you all.